like at our core, we're all trying to accomplish the same goal. I feel like we need to play some kumbaya music right now in the background. Let's get the ukulele. Get a, <laughs> yeah, we have a, we're staring at a guitar right now. I don't know how to play it, but... <laughs> Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am really, really excited about our guest. Her name is Cameron Simsick, and she is a nutritionist and anxiety coach. And we actually found her through one of our previous guests, Sam Vanderweelen. And it's funny because she also has this connection to another previous guest. Yes, she's also sisters with Lindsay Simsick, who was on our podcast a while back with Almost 30 with Krista Williams. And it was kind of one of these small world situations where Sam was like, hey, you should interview Cameron. She's really, really amazing. And I had actually been following her on Instagram. And then we realized that she was sisters with Lindsay, who was an almost 30. And it was just this really small world. Um, But we reached out and she was all about coming on. And it was an awesome conversation. Specifically, like I told her I'm sort of fangirling because she is on this path that I aspire to be on as well with just helping women who are struggling with anxiety and hormone balance and incorporating nutrition and yoga and elements of spirituality and just really living a full and happy life that isn't controlled by your anxiety. So if any of you guys are struggling or have been there, um, me and Liz have been there too. This is a really, really helpful and super inspiring episode. She's also like, if you've ever had those people that you talk to and they're just calming. Yes. Like it was almost therapeutic for me Mm -hmm. to have this conversation with her. So I hope that you guys as listeners have the same experience because she's just had an air of, I don't know, just confidence and calm. Yeah. Her her voice was very soothing to listen to. That's probably why she makes such a good coach. You know, (laughs) she just makes you feel good. But before we get into the episode, we do have a couple of fun announcements. The first one is that if you follow us on Instagram at wine and shine podcast, we actually just created a closed Facebook group and we're really excited about it. I am personally a part of a few podcast groups and I just love like the connections I've made with other listeners. I love that the people in the groups, like they share stories, they ask questions, you can talk about the podcast. And right now we have 32 members and we've already been like sharing some things. They're already and, like hanging out together or gonna hang out yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, it's just a really cool space. And I also am super interested in getting to know you guys more. I mean, we can chat on Instagram, but I think in the Facebook group, it's more personal mm-hmm. and uh, we can just really get to know the people that are listening to the podcast. So if you guys are interested, and even if you are one of those people that likes to sit in the background. That's how I am on the on the private groups. Yeah. And, and recently, I told you this today, like it's nice because you can sit and sit and sit. And then when you finally have a question that you're like, I don't know who else to go to with yeah. this. I was able to on a private Facebook group that I'm on um, through my health coaching that I'm doing, I was able to put that out there. And I was not prepared for the level of support and wisdom 
wisdom that I got back. I was like, whoa, like, why haven't I done this sooner with every question I've ever had? I think it's just a space to bring like-minded people together, Mm -hmm. people that are interested in the same things and the same topics and the same conversations. So yeah, even if you're one of those people that you don't really necessarily want to put your voice out there in the group, join the group and just kind of follow along with our conversation. So if you just search on Facebook, The Wine and Shiners, I will accept your request and we will be best friends. Yay. Also, let's talk about Care of Vitamins. Yes, Care of is our sponsor. You can get your packet of personalized vitamins that are made just for you and you can get them for 50% off your first month when you use the code SHINE, which is our little special code. Shine at checkout. Shine. Um, <laughs> shine. <laughs> you just needed a vocal version of it. Shine. Just got to get a little bit of that vibrato in there. Yeah. I don't know what came over me. I think it's the sugar <laughs> in this latte right now. Matcha latte. Mm, it's great. Also, now we're the matcha latte and shine We've podcast. already We've already talked about this. We're the tea and shine. You know, if we ever record in an evening time, we'll totally pull out the wine again. But it's a Saturday morning. And I feel like some people listening are like, so yeah, that's I started so true. drinking at 10 a.m. My jaw is still a little bit swollen. I'm not sure how alcohol. I just had wisdom teeth surgery. I got you look great. All four out. Thank you. The swelling has been going down. It's been like five days. But uh the alcohol hasn't really been a part of my life in the past five I don't days. Blame you. I don't yeah. Blame you. But yeah. Back to shine before I started singing it. Um, Get your pack half off. And those are made just for you. They're made with really great quality ingredients that you won't get if you get it, um, you know, your vitamins that are more like a grocery store, Mm -hmm. more traditional. They really put a lot of care into their ingredients. That was cute. I know. (laughs) So head on over and support them. And let's talk to Cameron. Yeah. Without further ado, let's get into our conversation (laughs) with Cameron Simsek. Can you just give our listeners a little background on yourself and what led you to becoming a nutritionist and an anxiety coach? Yeah. Okay. So I would say it's a bit of a long story. So let's start at the beginning. Ooh, we love long stories. We're ready. So as long as I can remember, really, I was a worried child. I stressed about things that probably a child shouldn't be stressing about. And I was like super sensitive Mm. and felt a lot of emotion. So looking back, it was probably, you could probably say I had low grade anxiety throughout my childhood, but it was Mm. nothing, you know, really terrible. But fast forward to, I think I was 12 or 13 and I loved public speaking and being on stage and I was really into theater. So I volunteered to give this speech in front of my entire school and I was, it was like my jam. So that day I got up on stage and as soon as I started speaking, really weird things started happening in my body. I, my throat started closing up. I started shaking. It was, I was blacking out and it was pretty traumatic at the time because I had no idea what was going on. So looking back, it was most likely my first anxiety attack. So this really started the snowball over the next probably 10 or so years. So throughout middle school, throughout high school, even in college, I I could barely speak in front of groups or speak Mm -hmm. in class without, um, you know, my throat closing up and just having these anxiety symptoms. And in college, this anxiety manifested as an eating disorder eventually. Um, I guess past therapists have said it was my way of controlling things or trying to control. So Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, during that time, I was seeing doctors, I was on and off medication, seeing therapists, just trying to figure this out. I would say a year after college, 
I reached a point where I was just, I was fed up because nothing was really working Mm. for me. Um, I didn't feel good on the medication. Doctors weren't really giving me answers. So I was like, I have to take this into my own hands, you know? So that's around the time when I started getting into yoga and meditation and yoga opened this whole portal, this whole world of self-care that I had no idea existed. So um, once I got really into yoga, I naturally progressed into looking at my diet and seeing if if I can make dietary changes, which I did, looking at my lifestyle. Um, So I really experimented over the next three or four years with what could really help my anxiety. And what I found was diet and lifestyle changes for me were truly transformational. Like it totally turned my life upside down. Now, I will say that um, I don't claim to be anxiety free. Um, I think it's it's something that I I might always have, but you know the difference now is that I know how to keep it in check, mm-hmm. and I design my life in a way that supports calmer days and calmer moods. So, so now I'm able to to look at my anxiety and recognize that it's not a threat. Now um, it's there to actually help me and and keep it in check. So. So the way I got into coaching um, about three or four years ago, I, I wasn't in a career that was making me super happy and it was contributing to my anxiety. So I, I really leaned into my heart and was like, what can I do with this story? I feel this pull to, to share with other people. So I went back to school for holistic nutrition and it was amazing and I loved it. And soon after I started my coaching business. So that's where I am today. I feel like your story is so spot on to my story. It's a little bit ridiculous. Like I had a really hard time not chiming in because that's my issue is I want to like interrupt people as they're talking all the time. It's interesting that I, when, as I was listening to it, it sounded like elements of my story plus elements of your story. Yeah. Like I actually had the thought the other day, like I am just now realizing how much of an anxious child I was from a really early age. Yes. And I'm like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Like that really just like, it it resonated with me that you also had that experience because I remember being like nervous about things that no three or four year old is ever nervous about. Yeah, I actually remember the same thing. And it's funny because you said you had your big moment was, did you say 12 or 13? Yeah, it was middle school. Mine was in fifth grade. So probably what, like 11, 10 or 11 maybe is the age. Mm -hmm. But I remember the same exact thing. I would be like, I my brain thinks differently than everybody else's brain. And it wasn't that I was super anxious. Like I actually don't remember having anxiety at all until fifth grade, to be completely honest. But I do remember not worrying, thinking about things differently than my friends thought about them. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And And then I had a situation that made me that all of a sudden I was like, wow, I am completely anxious. But I didn't even know it was anxiety at the time. I just was like, I'm crazy. Like something is wrong with me. And, you know, but I held it all in. Did you hold it in as well? Or, well, it sounded like you tried to get help early. So early on, like around uh, middle school, I I definitely held it all in because Mm. I felt like I was this alien child. I'm one of four kids. So and the other ones didn't seem to be nervous or anxious mm-hmm. at all. Oh my God, I am this black sheep child. I need to hold this in. So that, it made it worse at the time. Yes. It was 
probably college age that I really started seeking help and, and after college. So that was a good, what, eight years yeah. of trying it and trying to hide it. And it just, it made it worse. I can completely relate with that because I did the same thing. And for some reason, I didn't, I guess it's just because you're young. So you don't, you don't know, know. Do. you don't know what else to do because I didn't even know the term anxiety, honestly. I just knew that I didn't feel right or that I felt different. And I think a lot of people's story is the same. And as you get older and as you learn more about yourself and the world around you, you're like, this isn't, this isn't something that needs to be. Like mm-hmm. I can find help for this and it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, that really resonated with me when you said you didn't even know it was anxiety. I mean, I just thought, like you said, I was different mm-hmm. and I definitely thought differently. I mean, this is a probably silly example, but I remember stressing over the fact that I was making my parents spend too much money on me. Oh and it, my gosh. Like, I mean, <laughs> so I remember this stuff and I, I don't know where it stems from, but it's just, it's crazy to think back. Like it, it can run really deep, you know? I remember I felt bad for bugging my mom. That's a very distinct memory for me because she would be the person I would go to every time I had a trigger. And as the the older I got, the more I kept it in because I'm like, she doesn't want to hear about this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because she didn't struggle with the same things that I did and nobody in my family like really did. My dad a little bit, but like in different areas. And she would just be like, you're okay. Like you're fine. You know, the same, she was really trying to be nurturing and helpful. And I just felt like a burden. I was like, this is, this isn't right. I don't need to tell her anymore. I feel bad about it. Yeah. It's hard when, when you're that young and don't understand the whole concept of anxiety. Don't understand that it doesn't have to be a thing. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I found that my changes truly happened when I was an adult, um, even like a few years into adulthood. So I think it just, it comes with getting to know the world and getting Mm -hmm. to know yourself. So yeah, it can be difficult when you're young. So you mentioned that your kind of the need to control that anxiety led to an eating disorder on your part. What are some other ways that you've seen people try to control their anxiety maybe in an unhealthy way that's different from that? Some things I've seen are, I mean, eating disorders, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's innocent, but cleaning. Um, mm-hmm. I, I found myself cleaning a lot because I needed to control my environment. Liz is like, I'm like pointing at myself. She's like, that is me. <laughs> that is me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I notice that when I have little like pangs of anxiety nowadays, I look around the room and I'm like, what can I clean? What can mm-hmm. I organize? What can make me feel better? But then I, I recognize, okay, this is just me trying to control the situation and just kind of, you know, talk to myself that way. Um, but I haven't had any clients um, who have done this personally, but you know, some people might turn to, to drugs or drinking, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously more serious, but yeah, it can, it can manifest in, in so many ways. I don't know how it manifested for you, you ladies though. For me, I don't know how, honestly, how I manifest it. Like, I don't know what I try and control. I do know that I feel a lot less anxious when, and I've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times, when I'm at work. So when I have a lot of things going on or I'm around a lot of people, I have so much to distract me that I don't feel Mm -hmm. the anxiety. And when I have, it always comes back. It's every, every year since I was in fifth grade, it's always come back when I have a break in my schedule. So whether that was a school break or summer break or vacation, 
it always comes back. So I would just try and find a million ways to distract myself. So that was kind of my coping mechanism, which I guess is avoidance, which isn't really healthy. I'm trying to work on that still to this day. Yeah, I get that too. I um, I used to try and distract myself with with literally anything with mm-hmm. work, with school. Um, and what I've learned, and this is kind of it's the harder way to go about it, but allowing anxious feelings to move through you, mm-hmm. to be with them. In my experience, they kind of melt away more quickly as opposed to you know coming back after the distractions are gone. Um, it's uncomfortable. That's definitely true. Somehow learning to be comfortable with those anxious feelings and understanding that they will pass and they Mm -hmm. are not Mm life-threatening has been helpful for me as well. Yeah. Being able to say, I recognize that this is happening and it's not a defining factor of who I am has been really helpful because I think for so long, like we were talking about when we were little saying I'm different or something's wrong with me. I used to like, as soon as I would feel the ping of anxiety and it's almost even hard for me to describe what that feels like in my body. It's like a very specific feeling I would get throughout my entire body. I would go into panic mode like, oh no, Mm -hmm. it's coming. It's gonna stay here forever. It's never gonna go away. But now being like, oh wait, this is here right now. And why is it here right now? You know what I mean? And like trying to spin my wheels backwards and think about why it's happening. It's kind of like the monster under the bed. Like if you pull up the covers and shine the light on it and you see like you're okay. Yeah. Like I think anytime either with shame or other emotions that are negative, when you kind of acknowledge them and shine a light on it and say like, I see you, it makes it so much more manageable than if you just kept it in the dark. Exactly. Yeah. And really recognizing it. I, I kind of see it as like the elephant in the room. When you recognize it and accept that it's there, it it almost disempowers the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's super powerful for moving forward. So I'm thinking about some people and myself included, where sometimes you, you're aware of all these things, right? You're like, okay, I've done all of this. I get it. I know my anxiety is not a defining factor of who I am. I'm trying to like shine my light. But when I go on an airplane and I'm starting to panic, you know, at that time, like, what do I do? So do you have any advice for people that's like, I get it, but the anxiety is still controlling me in a way that is making moments not unlivable, but kind of unlivable? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, So are you talking about like those specific moments where like, or yeah, so... I think it's really important to, um, outside of those moments, to really build up a toolbox full of things that you can call upon in those moments, like breathing exercises, Mm -hmm. like, you know, if you're into meditation, do meditation, like tapping on your wrists or tapping on your temples that can help shaking your hands. Um, because when you're in the throes of anxiety, I mean, at least for me, the last thing I was thinking about, like thinking about doing was take a deep breath and breathe and meditate for five minutes. Like that is not what I wanted to do. But when I go into situations where I am aware that this might be a trigger for my anxiety, I am armed with things to fall back on more like my default. So it takes practice, but building up that, that muscle of, of having those breathing exercises available or having calming music um, available, just knowing yourself Mm -hmm. and experimenting Mm -hmm. And going into those situations with, you know, what works for you can be extremely helpful. Um, again, it's 
it takes some experimenting and, and truly understanding what can actually, you know, create or bring you down from that anxiety. But, um, but yeah, going into it armed is, is really an amazing thing or can be. Yeah. I think it's really helpful to remember that there is a solution, you know, there is a way for you to get in control of this yourself. And I think a lot of times we feel like all of the answers are outside of us, which what, which is what makes it more difficult. But I yeah. think the same thing with you is when you got into yoga and you got into nutrition, do you feel like you started to realize the power that you had in controlling your anxiety and that ended up making the biggest difference? Because for me, that's what has helped me the most is realizing I do have the ability to um, help myself get out of these situations. It is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot enough how much yoga and experimenting mm-hmm. with my diet and choosing to change my lifestyle has it's completely shifted the way I view my anxiety. I mean, same. Uh, yeah, it's like probably eight years ago um, when I was in college, it was almost like this feeling of out of control. I, I can't do anything about this. And then that created more panic because I didn't know when it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I, I do have the power to to talk myself down from this and to recognize my anxiety and say, hey, I know you're there and thank you for you know alarming me, but there's really no threat here. I appreciate it, but there's really no threat here. It, it is so incredibly powerful. Now, it's not something that typically happens overnight right. for someone who, who is new to this, but you know, practicing yoga regularly. I'm not a yoga teacher, but it's, it's changed my life. Have you thought about getting your certification? Cause it is on my to-do list. Yes, it is on my to-do list too. Um, I think probably next year it's, it's like really been calling my name recently. Same. Yeah. So, so I think that would be an awesome thing to incorporate, but, but yes, knowing that we do have the power to, to change parts of our lives so that we can you know, support our anxiety in a calming way is, is truly amazing. So what specifically in terms of like healthy lifestyle changes aside from yoga, like from an eating perspective, Mm -hmm. like what did you transition to and where were you coming from previously? So around the height of my anxiety in college, I was drinking a lot of diet sodas. I was having a ton of coffee with artificial sweeteners I was having cereal and restricting my food. And mm-hmm. it, it was just, it was what I thought was quote unquote healthy. Didn't we all? Yeah. Like, didn't we all think that was what like was low fat <laughs> cookies and stuff? Yeah. We've <laughs> talked about the iceberg lettuce with the fat free ranch yep. and like the low fat cheese. That was our jam in college. <laughs> like all the oh time. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so funny. I don't know if that's the right word, but to look back on it, it's like. It's all about awareness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was coming from that place of quote unquote, let's be as healthy as that can be. And, um, yeah, little did I know that that was really contributing to my anxiety, um, and spouts of depression at the time. So the changes that I made over, you know, two, three years were, um, learning to balance my blood sugar. Mm -hmm. I, I had really easily could get low blood sugar. So I had to eat probably every two to three hours. So small, small snacks or Mm -hmm. meals. I took out artificial sweeteners, took out diet sodas, really cut down on caffeine and recently completely 
took out caffeine because I realized it's still um, still a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. I added in, I made sure for every meal I had protein, fat, and fiber. So that's a really great combo for balancing blood sugar and keeping moods steadier. So, so really experimenting with that. And I loaded my diet with rainbow fruits and veggies um, because rainbow equals nutrients. And I had a lot of nutrient deficiencies as I found out later. So really, I, I came from a place of nourishing my body instead yeah. of punishing it for eating a donut and you know restricting after that. So nourishing my body with just really fresh food and and allowing myself, you know, donuts if I wanted to, but but overloading my diet with with a really good stuff. I don't know if you experienced this in your transition, but I started to kind of hyper control a little bit of what I was eating like I was doing things in a more healthful way. But then I would start to get scared like, oh no, if I have gluten, what if that triggers my anxiety? Or if I eat this, like what if it triggers anxiety? Did you ever go through that while you were transitioning into this phase? Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of went to the controlling. I brought my controlling yeah. <laughs> stuff to this, this new world. Yeah. And I think maybe... I can't blame myself because it's really all I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I started to be hyper aware of of eating this fresh organic produce mm-hmm. and having healthy fats instead of trans fats and and that kind of got obsessive. So again, I went through another phase where I was like, okay, I need to just chill out and listen to my body more. And that's really where I come from today. I don't necessarily hyper focus on my diet. I eat what feels good to me and I eat what feels calming and grounding to my specific body. I also know that coffee will probably trigger anxiety or some sort of panic feelings later on in the day. I just know that about myself. So in that case, like I avoid um, caffeine, mm-hmm. but just enjoying my life has been in the past probably year, I've made that great transition, just truly enjoying my life and allowing my body to take the lead when it comes to eating has been, it's, it's really cool to see where it takes me. Um, and I'm, I'm stronger, you know, physically and mentally than I've ever been. And I'm happier than I've ever been. When I work with clients on the diet side of things, it's really important that you know, I, I share information and I educate them and give certain recommendations when necessary, but it really comes down to feeling balanced. And if, if you feel like you are focusing way too much on incorporating protein at breakfast and X amount of healthy fats a day, that can actually contribute to anxiety. And that's, you know, the last thing you want to do when you're trying to, to ease it. So yeah, really coming from a place of balance. And it's different for everyone. And that's the tricky thing. That's why it's not popular and it's not super sexy to to say, have a balanced diet, you mm-hmm. know? And it's, it's the hard way. But I can say it is sustainable and it is so worth it. It sounds to me like, would you, if you had to label it, would, would it be kind of like an intuitive eating approach? Yeah, I think, yeah, that's that's a great like term that's, being used today. Um, and a lot of people are diving into that, which is so awesome. Yeah. Really, truly tuning into your body. And again, it, it might not happen overnight and probably won't, but just experimenting and seeing what feels good to you. Mm-hmm. 
I've started doing that recently because I'm act- I'm actually working with a really wonderful intuitive eating coach that I love very much. Shout out to Simi. Yeah, she's. <laughs> we had her on our um podcast twice, a long time ago. Yeah, she had a solo episode yeah. and a live. But like, I've started um experimenting experimenting with like a vegan based diet, but finding this place where if I it's like vegan flexible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I am out to eat and my husband's cheesecake looks really good, I'm going to take a bite out of it. Like it's <laughs> fine. I think it's all about finding that gray area in the spectrum because any any extreme on either end is going to cause you issues. And so being flexible and open with yourself and okay to, you know, leaving those rules that you've set for yourself. I think that's that's key. And it sounds like that's what you did was really go towards that gray area of like what feels right for me and, you know, how just being really in tune with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I come from a place of having an eating disorder and having those like obsessive thoughts about food. Mm-hmm. So it's it became extremely important for me to to put those intuitive thoughts first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been it's been a really cool thing to to experiment with over the past year too. So I, I mean, I eat mostly plant based diet, not because someone told me to, but it just feels good. But mm-hmm. if I want, you know, meat every once in a while, it, that makes me feel good too. And if I want a cheesecake, that's fine. So um, so yeah, it's it's sustainable. I think we're all kind of three in the same boat because me and Liz were talking about this on the way here to record. And I like that you say that it's not going to happen overnight because I do think that there's sort of like a transitional phase that you need to go through. And I'm starting to come out of my hyper, got to analyze every little thing I'm eating and is this going to work in my body and whatever. Because the other day I was just telling Liz, I had ice cream from Grater's and I usually don't do dairy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have this ice cream from Grater's. You had wisdom teeth surgery. I had wisdom teeth surgery. You were fully entitled to ice cream. I had wisdom teeth surgery four days ago. And then I ate, you know, I ate the ice cream. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, number one, that nourished my soul. Like I was out with my husband and my dog and it was so tasty and so delicious. And I didn't have a stomachache afterwards. And I didn't feel anxious afterwards. And it just really brought to light like... You know, I'm not going to eat ice cream every single day because that's obviously not going to be nourishing my body the way that it needs to be nourished. But if I want some ice cream, it's not like it's going to completely derail derail. everything you've done. Yeah. And a couple weeks ago, or maybe like a month ago, we went to a John Mayer concert. And this sounds so silly. The taco incident? Is this the taco? No, it's the soft pretzel. Oh, I didn't hear about the soft pretzel. It all started with the taco, Liz. This has been like this. So I'm just coming into this this summer. This is why it's a big deal. But um, I had a soft pretzel and some people are going to be like, you're crazy. But I think a lot of people were late. And I felt really good. Like, oh my gosh, you ate the soft pretzel. Like, and nothing happened. And it was really good. And you had a great time at the concert. And I think it's just once you get to a certain point, realizing that listening to your body and eating intuitively, it feels really good and feels really freeing. And it doesn't mean you're going to go overboard and do it all the time. Sometimes your body wants a soft pretzel. Or some dive bar tacos. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. I so relate to that. And I I did come from a place probably two years ago where I was like, like looking at gluten, like a piece of bread and worrying if it was going to give me anxiety. My I was life. told I have some sensitivity. Yep. And definitely get to that extreme. But yeah, it's about enjoying your life. I mean, last night I, 
I typically get a little hyped up on like lots of sugar. So mm-hmm. I just limit it a little bit. But my boyfriend and I taste tested some amazing local donuts mm. and it like fed my soul. Yeah. I, I was so happy. And sometimes you need to do that mm-hmm. um, and nothing happens, you know? So everything in moderation, yeah. um, I know that's so generic, but it is, it's so key. Yeah. And also I think when you're thinking about how do I want to feel, it really helps. So it's like, I want to feel nourished in the fact that I'm with my boyfriend and we're trying these donuts and it's going to feel really good in my body to to try one of these donuts. But then I'm not going to eat them for seven days in a row because then I don't want my body to feel hyped up on sugar and anxious and icky. And I think just keeping that into perspective has made the a world of difference for me. Exactly. That's amazing that you two did that as well. So... When you look at people that may be thinking, like maybe some of our listeners are like, I think I need some help. (laughs) What are some first baby steps that you would recommend for people, you know, just trying to kind of crawl their way out of where they're at now? A good first step is to to talk to someone who, you know, either a friend or a family member, boyfriend, husband, whatever you have, um, someone you can trust and who can support you just to talk about it. and. Perhaps they can help you find the support that you need. Sometimes when um, when I was in like the black hole of my anxiety, I did not want to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, I didn't know how to ask for help because I felt like this outsider and something was wrong with me and I didn't want anyone to know about it. But when you have a support system around you and when you call upon them to help you, it can be a huge step. So, so I would do that. Um, you can also, if that person is open to it, start talking to a therapist Mm -hmm. and just start hashing things out. Um, that's difficult for some people, but again, if, if that person is open to it, it can be an amazing first step. That's where I started. And, you know, they can also reach out to, to some sort of professional like myself. Whenever someone reach out, reaches out to me, I talk with them without an agenda. It's never about, you know, enrolling them in my coaching or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's about truly finding what would be the best route for them. What would provide the best support for that person? Because my coaching isn't about losing weight or, or gaining muscle or anything like that. This can be kind of a serious thing sometimes, most of the time. And it's so important to have the right support around you. So yeah, I, I would say the first step is to to lean on someone close to you and and talk with them about it and and see if they can help you find the help that you need. Such good advice. Mm-hmm. That's what really helped me. I, the first thing I did was I finally decided to reach out to a therapist. And I was like, it wasn't until college that I did that. And sometimes I'm like, wow, I wish I would have thought about this sooner. But that the first time I just shared with somebody how I was feeling that was a professional and was knowledge in this area and was able to like talk me through it logically. I left those first couple sessions just feeling like this weight was lifted off of my shoulders. And then that allowed me to get into yoga and get into nutrition and realize that I have all of these tools. So it's like sometimes just getting that first step and finding someone that you really, really trust allows you to be able to then like start taking things into your own hands and figuring out what works best for you. Exactly. And, and you know, talking talking to someone about it and actually 
hearing the words come out of your body, it can be so freeing. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that that person can truly support you and guide you, it's like, like you said, like a weight off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And therapy is where it's at. I mean, I'm all about therapy. Even when something's not going on in my life, I love a good therapy session. So love a good session. <laughs> Have a good sesh. It's so great. It's it just like we all have things that we're working through, and having an outside perspective guide you through those things. It, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. So I've been reading a lot about um, the mind, body, and spirit connection, and I was wondering. What are your thoughts on that? Have you noticed, like, I know that when I say spirituality, it's like a really broad term. Like if your spiritual journey is doing yoga and meditating, or if it's going to church, or if it's whatever lights your soul. Exactly. Like, I guess that's a better, I like that term, just whatever lights your soul up. Have you found that when your clients or yourself have incorporated that piece into your healing process, that it's made a difference or that it helps in general? Yes. I mean, for me, it was the thing that started that huge transformation, the Mm -hmm. yoga and the meditation, Mm -hmm. understanding and truly knowing that there's some sort of bigger power at work and somehow we're all connected and we're all going through this life together. It really brings things into perspective. For me, yoga helped me realize like other people are working through their stuff too. It's not just me and I'm, I'm not alone in this. And we all have the choice to help one another. In terms of other people, I I like to bring that message into into like my website and my Instagram and Facebook and all of that. So I think I just naturally attract people who are into that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which is super cool. And they're open to it. And yeah, I've seen amazing changes happen um, when they start incorporating any sort of spiritual practice that jives with them, whether that be going to church, joining a meditation group, yoga, taking walks outside, that can be really spiritual and amazing. Um, but again, I've, I've also worked with people who aren't into that sort of thing and that's okay too, mm-hmm. but that's my personal style. And, but I, I totally respect people who aren't open to it or aren't open to it yet. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing is that it's almost that sense of community that spirituality can provide that's really the catalyst for that next level or can't be for some people. Like Nina, you know, you started with a therapist and then I know ever since then, like you've openly shared with me and our close group of friends, Mm -hmm. like you've shared that journey, your journey with other people and have created even now through like Wine and Shine, Mm -hmm. you have like a network of people that you can go to almost like group therapy. Yeah, like where you're true. sharing with everyone and they're sharing back. Totally. Um, I think it's that sense of belonging that really can make the difference. I feel like that's what it's all about is because we like to think of ourselves as separate and we're all in our little space. Like this is me and this is what I'm going through. And this is them. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, and this is just what I believe, I just really feel like when it comes down to it, we are all like coming from the same place. And we all, like we might have different struggles or whatever, but really at our our core, like we're light and we're love and we're supposed to be like on this earth, just kind of figuring out our path. And we're all there doing that, no matter like what our specific issue is. Like at our core, we're all trying to accomplish the same goal. 
I feel like we need to play some kumbaya music right now in the background. Let's get the ukulele. Get a, <laughs> yeah, we have a, we're staring at a guitar right now. I don't know how to play it, but. <laughs> this is so awesome. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And understanding and, and knowing that, you know, your neighbor is can be going through the same thing is amazing. Um, I will say that when I first started sharing my own story, it was scary. Mm -hmm. I was so scared to share it because it was like exposing myself and exposing this part of me that I tried so hard and so long to hide and put on this facade, which by the way, I was great at because no one would have ever known that I had anxiety. It was like a closet anxiety person, Mm -hmm. except for, you know, my close family and friends. Mm -hmm. But once I started sharing my story, it was surprisingly therapeutic for me because I started having people reach out to me that I would have never known that they're struggling with similar feelings and situations. And just connecting with people in that way has confirmed that we're all in this together and you never know what people are going through. And it's, it's been truly therapeutic for me starting this business and sharing my story. And I'm, I'm really so grateful for it. I completely, completely when I've said this so many times relate because even when you were telling your story earlier, it was like, there just keeps like little people just keep entering my life that I'm like, yes, like that person and and this person and and this person. And wow. There's like a a common theme and message. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just been so freeing. I just, I've loved every bit of it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it happens um, most times when you're open to it. When you're open to sharing your story and you're open to receiving Mm -hmm. whatever there is to receive and not being, not holding on so tight, I guess I would say. It's all the energy. It's the energy thing we always talk about, Liz. It's like you're putting out, you're putting out a certain energy and it, it comes back to you Mm -hmm. and makes so much sense. It does. Yeah. How it works. What I believe. It's what I believe too. (laughs) So... How can people connect with you if they're listening to this and they're thinking like, this is, I'm ready for this next step and I want to work with somebody. How can they reach out and talk to you or find you on Instagram and all of that happy stuff? Sure. Um, so you, my website is CameronSimsic.com. So that, do you want me to spell that? Or you can- Sure. We'll link it in, it in the, the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. (laughs) So it's CameronSimsic.com. And then super easy on Instagram. It's at CameronSimsic. And I also recently just started um, a Facebook group. It's Close for Women. You are in it. I love that. (laughs) I want to get in it. Uh, Get in (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's called Thriving with Anxiety. So my hope is to create this really great support system and community of women um, where we can share tips and tricks and learn from each other and and support one another and empower one another. So so again, that's closed. Um, so it you know other people can't see the post. Um, so that's thriving with anxiety. Awesome. Uh, I actually realized I can't get off the call until we talk about the woman code for one second. Which I need to read. I know. You keep telling me. Because when I posted that in our Facebook group, uh, you said something like, that's my hormonal Bible. And when when I read it, I I called my mom. I just read it this summer, like maybe a month ago. And I called my mom and I was like, mom, I know where I want to take this health coaching. I know it all makes sense now. I want to help women balance their hormones. And it literally made so much sense to me. And she incorporates the nutrition, but she also incorporates like feminine and masculine energy and like lifestyle and just the whole 
the whole gamut. And I'm obsessed. And I feel like it is also my hormonal Bible. It's amazing. It's I, I've read it probably five times already. And it's still my go-to. I'm going through some like trying to balance my own hormones recently. And it has been such a lifesaver, um, especially because she approaches it from such a natural point of view. Mm-hmm. And it's it's super empowering because she gives you the tools to make changes on your own. And it's very empowering to know that you can actually change your hormones and balance your hormones by yourself if you need to. Oh my gosh. It just was so eye-opening. Have you gotten any hormone tests done or are you just kind of doing this on your own and, and listening to your body and realizing that it needs some balance? So I, I actually have not yet. I can be totally transparent about this. I, I recently went off birth control because I had some hormone issues before mm-hmm. going on it. And mm-hmm. that's the reason I went on it. Um, and recently I was feeling like Mm, something, something must be off because I had these issues beforehand and I was just masking it. So, so I decided to go off of it and see what happens. So I'm kind of in, in the middle of that right now. It's been really interesting to see my body reacts and all of that. So, but that woman code has been an incredible resource. So yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. I'm excited for you to go into that. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. I hear excited. about it all the time. I have to read it. I know. I'm kind of obsessed with it all. But I, I actually did get my hormones tested, and I have really low progesterone, which is like affecting. I'm having a lot of estrogen dominant symptoms, and I actually just met with a naturopathic doctor to kind of work on healing it naturally. But the book is it was just really eye opening, and actually, I've we're planning on having a happy hormones episode here soon because mm-hmm. it's probably my favorite topic. Like me, Liz hates it. I talk about hormones I hate it. so much. <laughs> I'm just not there yet. I'm not listening to my body enough to know what my hormones are saying to me. <laughs> it's fine. We're all at different stages, you know? We're working on different things. Yeah. Anyway, I have just loved this conversation. And thank you so much for coming on and talking yeah. with us. Thank you so, so much for having me. You guys are a joy. I love listening Aww. to your podcast Aww. and... You're just you're amazing. I love your your vibe. Oh, Thank thanks. You. We really appreciate it. Back at ya. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wine and shiners. We hope that you love that interview as much as we did. Cameron was seriously just such a joy and brought so many great takeaways as to, you know, if you're struggling with anxiety and you feel alone and you want to explore alternative ways to tackle that situation. You know, she had a lot of really good options and, you know, tools I think that were easy to put into use. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I also really loved that the whole conversation was tailored around your empowerment and your ability to treat these symptoms. And I just think that there are so many options and we're all, we're all completely different. So it's just a little bit of trial and error to figure out what works for you nutritionally. And if it's yoga, that's going to be your thing. Or if it's running or if it's going to temple. I mean, I don't know. I just think that- So many options. So many, (laughs) the options are endless. And that is empowering to me. So I hope that you guys pulled out some really helpful pieces of information in this episode. As always, please connect with us on social media. We are on Instagram at Wine and Shine Podcast. We are also on Facebook and have our new Wine and Shiners group, the Wine and Shiner. Join it. So come join or and else. talk with us. Um, Nina's free all summer, so she's on there all day, every day. I'm free <laughs> all summer. I'm on social media. I need to find some breaks. It's I like need getting, to actually get on. It's getting a little much. I need to like prioritize my time, but I just love it. Okay. 
And don't forget to subscribe and review our podcast. We always love that. We, um, you know, Cameron was a guest suggestion from someone that listens to our podcast, yep. from someone that was on our podcast. Yep. So please, I mean, it's just an example of someone saying, hey, I know this really cool person that I think would be a great value add to your listeners. And we had a great conversation. So if you have someone that you think would be an inspiration to talk to, send them our way mm-hmm. via our website at wineandshinepodcast.com. We have a contact form there or email us at wineandshinepodcast.com at gmail.com. Sounds good. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) And break. Yeah, that's really it, guys. We hope that you enjoyed this conversation and we will catch you next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.